episode 148 of Inside the Cage. Scott and Mark with you. As always, how are things this week, my good man? Yeah, alright man. Um, just try to go over the weekend there, but yeah. Yeah, still try to go over the weekend. Felt a bit kind of even still tired this morning when I woke up. Um, me and Mark were in Dublin for us. Some of you may know we're big football fans, um, and we follow Scotland now and then. And we were in Dublin for the Scotland Island game. Wish I hadn't went for the game. The rest of the weekend was class, but the game was shite. Um, yeah, I said about the game the better, but the actual weekend was pretty good as you always get a good weekend in Dublin. It's one of these cities, isn't it? So yeah, it's probably the Friday was really good and Saturday was class. So yeah, it was a good weekend. Just still a wee bit tender from it. Um, but yeah, tiredness, man. I don't know. You hardly sleep, oh. so. Yeah. I mean, I didn't drink much on a Saturday because I was driving up the road on a Sunday, so like it was uh it was more just tiredness because of lack of sleep. But yeah, I'll recover. We'll get we'll get there eventually. Man, a couple, a couple uh, of days will be brand new. Cut a cap, good caps, and not that sorted, man. Exactly, mate. Exactly. Anything else going on this week, no? No, mate. Nothing, nothing special at all, to be honest. Oh, okay. Pretty cool. quiet, pretty normality this week, anyway, ain't it? So. No, first full week in a while for me. I was in Turkey and then bank holidays and Friday off for Dublin. So I've, I've not worked a full week in like six weeks or some Superman. It's great. So it'll be a long one for me this week, no doubt. Gotta say, it'll be torturous for you this week, my man. Yeah. Anyway, let's get moved on. We've got a busy, busy show. Um, look back at the weekend, UFC 275, um, and I look forward to this weekend. Um, with UFC as well yeah straight into it maybe we'll finish with some news at the end we'll see how Mark's been doing this week see if there's anything worth talking about this week um, so let's just get into it uh, UFC 2005 Teixeira vs Prochaska from the Singapore Indoor Stadium now did we work out last week it wasn't their debut in Singapore but had they done they must have used the singer in Singapore Indoor Stadium before we just we, we deciphered that it was like a a pay-per-view debut wasn't it I'm going to agree with you, but I really can't remember what was at first. I'm sure we did. I'm sure we did. Anyway, um, I marked a return to Singapore, return to Asia for a while, obviously due to COVID. Um, and it was headlined by the UFC light heavyweight championship fight between Yuri Deniza Prochaska. Did I say that right? Deniza? Yeah, Deniza. wonder what it means. How did you find out? And, check translate. Um, uh, Glover Pitbull Teixeira. Um, I'm not even sure where to begin with this, to be brutally honest. I think was, the first thing I've got to say is this is probably one of the greatest heavyweight or just title fights fucking for a long, long time, by the way. It was absolutely sensational. I thought it was some of the best back and forth title fights you're ever likely to see. It was just, it was mental carnage. from minute one. Carnage, mate. I mean, it's funny, right? We always come back to things like who's your favourite fighter and what got you in the MMA. Obviously, one of the things that got me in the MMA, everybody knows, is Gus versus Jones. This, I mean, was it on the same level? Maybe not, because these guys aren't on that level, but it was pretty damn fucking close. And as you say, it's probably one of the best light heavyweight title fights ever. It's in the same bracket as Jones, you know, versus Gus's fights like that. I mean, it was absolutely mental. It was back and forward. One around, lost around, one around, lost around. It was just, it was, it was fucking mental. And I mean, first things first, right? Hats off to Glover Teixeira because he took a lot of punishment and just would not go down. Like would not. I honestly thought Yuri Pachaska would smash him. We said it last week. Couldn't see anything but. Um, and although technically. Prochaska did kind of smash Glover up. He didn't he actually finish him like that. You know, finished him out real naked, which is fine. But that's a fucking conversation in itself to be had. Yeah. I mean, wow, man, Glover is hard to put away. Yeah, Glover's as, as hard as nails. It was the one thing that I was thinking about last week when we were kind of doing the show as well, that, yeah, I, I expected Gary to probably get there and smash him, but it would take some amount of damage for Glover to get him out of there. And even then... The 42-year-old man in the fifth round with 30 seconds to go, it took a fucking submission to get him to get to fuck. Um, it was it was absolutely mental. Um, don't get me wrong, Glover, these chances, he had his moments, he had a few. 
a few opportunities for submission. I think he even put fucking Pachasco on his ass at one point with a fucking absolutely beautiful bunch. It was, it, see, both fighters, absolutely sensational. It was just brilliant from start to face. They were so back and forth. 1-1-1 one, one, one round, 1-1-1-X one, 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 round. It was two each round to the last for me anyway, 100%. I was just waiting to see who would come out on top. And well, I look, actually didn't... I didn't think Giri was actually going to win it in the first. I thought if it was going to go to points, Glover would pod, I, I snuck it probably for me. Well, that's um, what I was going to say. That's exactly what I was going to say. Like It was, it looked like um, Glover was edging the... Sorry, he was. He was winning the fifth round, mate. So it was going to Glover to share on points. Um... For me, at that point, Yuri had to finish him, and with 28 seconds left, he did, which is just, and it was a rear naked choke, mate, like, of all the ways for him to finish, uh, I mean, a, sub- a submission in the fifth round, nobody, nobody would have picked that, nobody would have picked that prediction. No, absolutely, there was one single person on this planet who would have picked Yuri Prochaska in the fifth round by submission. I'd love to see what the odds were on that because it would have been fucking ridiculous. I, th- I think the only person that ever picked that is maybe somebody who doesn't know and has went, eh, that round, eh, that way. And that's the only thing. You'd, the only way you would have picked that is if you guessed it. You didn't know anything about it. Cause it's it's just... one of those ones. You go eat the bird, right? You've got two guys. Pick one. Right, picks that one. Right, pick around. Then she picks first round. Then you go, right, pick away. Where you guys go to do it. And that's the only way it would ever happen. It was just one of those ones, a random person who's never watched an MMA fight in their life, and you go, right, well, how do they go do this? And then that's the only way they came up with that combination. Because in no way, shape, or form did I see this happen. I didn't even know that fucking... I didn't even know there any submissions at all. I didn't know. I've never so seen quiet. him previously fight for the UFC, so like, I never expect anything like that to come out of them. It, it was, was so just, quick, just, mate. It was, it was brown. It was so quick and just so slick. Um... There's a part of me that's kind of gutted for Glover, um, but then at the same time, I'm kind of glad. I know that sounds really harsh, but I'm glad because the division can hopefully move on from the old boy and, you know, got all this young, fresh blood. We keep talking about Ankalaev and all these guys come up, Jamal Hill. Okay, Paul Craig has any young blood, but he's fresh blood. You know, you've got all these young, fresh fighters come through. Yuri as well, you know, Yuri's in that that, that same bracket. Um, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a shame for Glover, yes, but... I think it's probably a good like a change in the guard because with Jan Blachowicz before who was like 39, Glover who was 42, you know DC held it for a bit in his late 30s. Um, it's maybe good to see somebody a bit younger come through and these young guys maybe we'll get some. I just think we're gonna get better fights. You know, I had Prochaska fighting. I talk. There's all these fights I talk about your Prochaska having, and every single one of them makes me very very buzzing. Yeah, I, I could I could see why that would be the case. I can see why Prochaska winning that would would take things on as you see young guys guys coming through and make these incredible fights. But that's more at a time. I feel I would feel really bad at turning around and telling Glover that maybe he doesn't deserve a rematch after basically about to win the fight with only thirty seconds to go. Um, yeah. I know but we. Rematches in the UFC and in MMA are really based on how the original fights went. Instead of, of obviously like, like solar sports, maybe you get a rematch just because you lost. You were the champion, you lost it. Boom, you get a rematch again to try and see if you can win it back. Fair enough. UFC, that doesn't happen, which is fucking brilliant. It's what we want to see. But for me, the fight was that good a fight. It was so close over the five rounds. We got a finish that we didn't expect. If Glover can turn things around quite quickly, maybe we're ready again in the UFC fancy it. I don't have I don't have any arguments if they wanted to make that fight again. I would happily sit and watch it again without fucking doubt. No, Do I, I think next time Pachaska would probably get there and absolutely fucking terrorise him? Yes, because I think he would learn maybe some certain mistakes that he made in the first fight and it would probably be over a hell of a lot quicker. But if they wanted to make that fight, I would have absolutely no argument with that. But on the other hand, what I really want to see is Blavich versus Pachaska. 60,000 in Warsaw. Make it fucking happen, UFC. Well, we did talk about this. We talked about it last week. We said it would be incredible if they had like a European super fight for that belt in Europe, whether it be in the Czech Republic, although we said probably unlikely because they don't have anywhere to host it. But they don't, Poland, they don't really, I've, I've, I've spent hours looking. They do not have a venue big enough to host this fight. I will tell you that right now. It would be something else. Even if they held it like close to... What, what did we say? Did we not say Lords? Because it's on the border? Something like that. There's, 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 the, the big, aye, somewhere like that. But I think the I think the biggest stadium I think closest to Czech Republic is like Krakow, so it's like forty thousand, which isn't bad. But when you've got a sixty thousand arena in Warsaw or 
fuck's sake, Munich's not that far over the border, do you know what I mean? You could get a lot of people in for Poland and Czech Republic into Germany maybe and do somewhere like that. Who knows? But I think you've got to bring, if you're going to make that fight, it has to be in Europe, man. You've got to make that fight in Europe for me. Yeah. Do you think they would sell 60,000 tickets for it? 100%. You think, eh, it's not just selling it and obviously it's not going to be Czech Republic, it's going to be either Germany or fucking Poland probably if it's going to, you've got to try and keep it in that neck of the woods. But you've got people from all over Europe if it was a decent, see if it wasn't maybe to the start of next year, maybe Gary wasn't ready because that cup was a fucking, remember you mentioned the cup during the fight by the way? Yeah. And fair, fair play to the cup man because that cup was as wide as the fucking Grand Canyon. It was fucking massive. <laughs> yeah, for some, somehow, within 30 seconds, he pretty much stopped all the bleed and he didn't have any issues for the rest of the fight. It was fucking a miracle. Um, so that cut will take a wee while to heal. So I don't actually know if we'll get a chance to see Gary before the back end of this year. So see if that fight's at the start of next year and it's somewhere in fucking Europe and it's a box office, I'd be fucking, I'd want to go. I'd want to find a way of making sure I was in that fucking stadium. And there's a lot of people think, all over Europe that I imagine would be thinking the exact same thing. I think it would have to be next year for us anyway, if we were going to go. It would have to be because it's like, there's too much going on the rest of this year. Um, so it would have to be next year. But I mean, yeah. I mean, of course, mate, listen, I'd love to see it. I'd love to see Jan versus Jerry. Um, I would love to, as you said, I'd love to see Glover again. I just think it was a good thing Yuri winning it because it does give the fresh blood if they want to go down that road. You might find um, Glover's like, you know what, I don't fancy it again. That was 25, 25 minutes of very grueling getting punched in the face that he maybe just doesn't want anymore. Either way, I'd love to see Teixeira run it back with Prochaska. And I would love to see Pachaska move on to other things. Jan Bohovic, as you say, in Poland or somewhere like that would be insane. Absolutely insane. Yeah, it'd be class, mate. Um, just what a fight, man, honestly. What an absolute war of a fight between two guys. So, it's just sensational, man. I think it... I'm not saying it reinvented the light heavyweight division, but it's definitely gave it a massive kickstart. Like, we've had some really good guys coming through with some decent fights. But there's been certain sights we've had and whenever maybe got the impact we wanted, like when um of course Makachev, I never meant that. And Kalayev fought Santos, you maybe expected something explosive and something really put it back on the map. Obviously Rakic yep. Blavic was a bit of a fucking Damp squid. Damp squid in there but, and stuff like that. We've had a few decent, good sized fights made a lot of light heavy division and we never got anything out of it. Whereas this this is basically this has brought the light heavyweight division back into that that kind of orbit with the other top tier divisions within the UFC for me because it was that fucking good. Yeah, uh, Reyes, uh, Uzdemir was another one that was shit. Yeah, it was. There's been there's some been there's been cracking fights in that division. You look at the fast a belter, and you turn up and it's been absolute gash. So. Um, yeah. No, fair play to Tories for putting on an absolute show, an absolute war, and. Aye, what a fight. I'd love to see it again, as I say, but I'm happy to move on otherwise as well. So, we haven't seen what arms. Yeah, potential fight of the year anyway, for sure. Um, the title fight of the year, like, I'd imagine, anyway. No. Uh, okay, moving on. Um, Co-main event, Valentina Shevchenko versus Tyler Santos for the UFC Flyweight Championship. And I guess the question is here, did Valentina Shevchenko win the fight? I gave it up. I gave it a 48-47. Um, yeah. It was close, don't get me wrong. Um, I think if you look at it kind of round by round, or do you want to look at each round, you go right fourth round, fifth round. I don't think Ed would really argue with Keane Valentina both their rounds. Yeah. Um, I think that was pretty obvious. Third round, um, I gave to Santos. Um, even though she ever probably dominated the early stages of it, Dick Des Santos, obviously, once she got the takedown, kind of, Dominated from there on and kind of had a really good, good spare where she was trying to get finished and stuff like that. Um, really enough, the first round was kind of similar to the third in that respect. Um, but for me, the second round was a kind of the swinger um, as such and what way you want to see it. Um, and I, I gave it to Sheva just because I felt like even though she was lying on her back, she was the one looking to make things happen. She was a grapher. She was the one doing the damage. For me, Santos just just lay on top of her. Um, that's I, I take down to change of position. You don't want around for a change of position anymore. It doesn't happen. 
and the aggressiveness that Shevchenko showed from her back, looking for a submission and and fucking elbowing her and punching her in the heat and stuff like that, which which was won me the fight to be honest. Mm. Yeah, I don't um, know. I, I need to. I did say I would watch it again. I scored it for Santos, if I'm honest. I had Santos winning the first three rounds. Um, so I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to shoot away. It was close. Like the third, the second round for me was close. Like you said, it was it was the it was the swinger. I had I had Santos one three and Sheva four five and two was the one. It was a, like almost like a flip of a coin. Um, I just felt Tyler had more. Although, like you could say, Valentina was doing more. Yeah, maybe. I just felt. Tyler was doing enough, plus she had the control. So well, here's all here's old wonder. I then stood her up because she was to do anything. So that kind of yeah. that would dig to me that well, she's obviously done nothing for at least she got one warning and then he kind of gave her an hour minute and she done nothing else. So for at least probably two, maybe three minutes of that round, she never done much if anything for me. Yeah. And she ever, as I said, was like the one trying to do damage and try to get a finish. So. um and that's, that's it's not a horrendous answer. result anyway. Like, it's, it's it's not a horrendous result. It's it, people like I've seen a lot of stuff online. People saying it's an absolute robbery. It's not. Um, not a stuff a robbery. Like, but I, yeah. I know there was one judge gave it forty nine forty six. Um, and weirdly enough, I can actually see a forty nine forty six. I can't see it. I, I don't have an argument with forty nine forty six because the first yeah, round well, that was first, well. that first round. I mean. I don't know. Ta- Santos was definitely first round for me was definitely Santos. I've got it definitely one and three for Santos, four and five for Sheva. I say the second one. Could you put the first one as a for Sheva? Maybe not in my eyes personally, but it's not as even then it's not horrendous, mate. You know, it's not an awful result. Um, I think Tyler de- deserves some moving away from talking about the result. Tyler deserves some massive credit because that's the first time you know Valentin has been in some seriously deep water. In that division, um, and it was maybe a bit of a wake up call for her that maybe there is some people down there that can come after her. And I've got to kind of eat my words a wee bit. I did say if Tyler Santos went out and he beat Chev, I would eat my words correctly because I didn't think I felt her record was padded. She certainly proved me a hell of a lot wrong, to be honest. I scored the fight for her, do you know what I mean? So fair play to her. Um, I didn't think she was anywhere near that level. And she proved that she's the <laughs> the person who's most likely to be at that level for the last what five six years. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, hundred percent. Um, I'd give hundred percent credit because obviously, as you say, it's probably it's first time such a difficult decision has been made against the Trango. I think that's what seven seven or eight in a row at um, flyweight or something like that um, basically since she won the belt I think, I think that's like six or seven title defence as well in there so yeah. um, I fair play to Targa Santos <sighs> the wrestler was really good at times the transitions and stuff like that through certain things um, the only thing I would say regarding that is I felt like she ever made a few mistakes in there um, 100% she she obviously in the fourth and fifth round kept her distance and stayed there inside the octagon and made sure she made the right adjustments at that point, which all a champion does. A champion's getting challenged and they need to make the adjustments. They make the adjustments and they get there and basically she pummeled her for the last two rounds as such. Yeah. Um, so for me, yeah, it was brilliant for Santos. But again, I think it's a bit like if Yeri was to re-face Glover, something tells me I think if Sheva was to go out and re-face um, Santos, which 100% think they should do by the way, that's the fight to make next obviously, I don't imagine it'll be next for Sheva but it should be next for Santos because um, mm. obviously it looked her eye looked right fucked up man, that could she, bring uh, broke her orbital so again, somewhat probably a year, you'll not see Santos again this year, so probably the rematch will not be happening until next year and does Sheva, will Sheva want to kick it out and wait 6, 7, 8 months for a fight? No um, and obviously in her speech she's mentioned bantamweight um, so I think after the Nunez Peña fight especially if Peña beats Nunez again then that'll be where that'll be where she's looking to go um, aye look if you'd had it Santos I wouldn't 100% disagree with you but I'd definitely had it for Sheva Um as I said, I don't have an issue with 49 46, weirdly. I don't have an issue with 48 47. Santos, like, it's such an easy peasy fight, and they first probably, fuck, you could probably get either, well, because it depends who you see it, because the first few minutes of each round, especially the first and the thirds, 
Sheva probably dominated them, and then Santos took over. So depending on how you see things and stuff, like that, you could either probably get either way. So I don't have an issue with it. But um, no, look, that was a, another brilliant fight, and fair play to fucking Santos for putting on a performance that she did because it was absolutely superb, man. It really was. Um, absolute class from him. I hope interested to see where we go after this, but I think definitely Santos should be getting a, a rematch at some point in the near future. Yeah, I would think so. She's moving over next, but she should definitely get one. Totally agree, mate. Um, okay, wow, jeez. Um, Weili Zhang versus or Zhang Weili versus Joanna Yedrechek. I don't know why you're laughing. That's rude. I'm not laughing. I'm not laughing at this. I'm just laughing at your face, to be honest, because you're making a bit of a face. But I'm, I'm just uh, gutted. I, I'm, I'm just gutted for her. Like who we were talking about somebody the other week, then I can't remember who it was. We were talking about somebody who we said, you know, they were great, but the game's moved on a lot. I think it was one of the one of the veteran women fighters. I can't remember who it was. We said they were great when they came out the gate. You know, they were almost like a pioneer. They were one of the brilliant at the early days. But the game's moved on so much since, you know, since Joanna won it and since Joanna came through and when Joanna was fighting Karolina Kovokevich for the belt, you know, you've just... I mean, when did she win the belt? She won the belt. She won the belt of Carla Barza in 2015. That's seven years. The game has changed so much since then. Like... Zhang Weili is an absolute animal. She's an animal. She just destroyed JJ. It was almost as if JJ was a punching bag for most of it. Um, I love JJ, obviously. I think, again, go back to these these fights that make you want to get involved in MMA and watching her and Kovalevich fighting was another one of these fights that's in my top fights because I loved it at the time and it was special to me and it was a fight that got me intrigued in it. It was two girls at the top of their game and, you know, the game's just moved on. I think I think Joanna's done the right thing by retiring, if I'm honest. I think, obviously, her heart maybe wasn't in it so much. First time she's fought in two years. Maybe it's time to move on and do other things with her life. I said she wants to have a family and she wants to be a businesswoman, so the right thing for her is to retire. I think it's probably best because if you can't beat, you know, Nami Yunus twice, or Zhang twice, or Sheva, as three of the best women fighters pound for pound in the world. So JJ is obviously, you know, not at that level. Do you know what I mean? So um, I just, I just, I just say JJ's yeah. been, she's been about for a long, long time. Um, she was the one of the biggest pioneers and stuff like that. She was, she probably raised the raised the level of women's mixed martial arts at that, that weight class. Um yeah. and she was sensational at doing it and fair play to her. Um I'm not, I've never been a biggest fan, weirdly, even though her style probably suits me right down to the fucking ground. And I don't know what it is, but I've never been a massive fan. Um but you can't argue with what she's done in the game and stuff like that. And obviously won the title, defended it five times, then fought for it again. Still, and still lost the fight against Rose. Um, obviously, Rose was just a kryptonite, I think, definitely, and that was kind of where things were for you, Anna. Well, it is. There's that weirdly, I don't know if I'm probably talking utter shit here, but there was a weird comparison I was seeking my head, and the weird comparison I made in my head was Conor McGregor in regards to what she has done for women's MMA and the bit of a style of fighter, the level she took it to, that kind of thing. All right. I know Conor never defended any titles, but she was a massive name. She's a superstar as well. Um, she's an absolute superstar in that respect. But again, the game has moved on. Yeah. And a bit like for Conor as well, the game moved on and they never kept up with it. And now yeah. that superstar of five, maybe, maybe four or five years ago, probably, obviously, when was it? When was the Rose, first Rose fight, 2017? That was five years ago. The game has moved on. Can be on the first time she fought Rose was five years ago, man. Five years ago. So that the game has moved on so much in those five years for both of the fighters in that respect that now they're just not at the level of the top fighters that they that they are not at the level of the top fighters these days and yeah um have not been at that level anymore is obviously more of a shame than Connor but I'm just making the point that um there's definitely kind of things uh, things for the tournament comparisons we made there for me um but I just say look. 
beating, getting beat. What a knockout, by the way. Missed the fucking fact the knockout was fucking oh, sensational. Coming back to that, I was just giving JJ her place because she's in my, she's in my, my group of favourite fighters, mate. And it would have been a shame for me not to, because I, I, I love watching her. I think she's brilliant. Um, I love that whole, you know, the stare downs and all that, and it just everything about her, she's class. Um, yeah, I think I'll just, I think I'll, I think I'll miss watching her fight, but uh, bright, but no, the knockout was ridiculous, like absolutely insane. Like it wasn't even the fist; it was more like it was like the wrist bone, like the forearm caught her right in the side of the neck, man. Like absolutely, that literally just shot off the blood to the brain for that was split second, and the brain just went, well, "What? Fuck you!" Boom, down she went. It yeah. was, it was insane, mate. Um, listen, as I said, Zhang's an animal. She's an animal. Um, the way she. I honestly thought it was going to get stopped in the first round when she took her down and she started just absolutely leathering her. I thought, wow, it was probably that close, like really close to getting stopped. Maybe like, you know, a couple more punches in that that section before Joanna kind of managed to wriggle out. Um, I Zhang, that, that was a different Zhang, mate. That was a different Wei Li Zhang. That Wei Li Zhang is a problem for Carla Esparza. I'll tell you that right now. I think you could definitely see, see the work she's been doing. She's been working with Cejudo and stuff, aren't she? Oh, yeah. Uh, so you can definitely see the work she's been doing with Hudo and stuff like that and maybe changes in that she's been making. And you can see the wrestling get brought in. I had a feeling that she would try and wrestle with JJ at some point. And when she did, man, JJ had absolutely no answer. Again, no. this goes back to the the thing of how much women's MMA's it's moved, yeah. moved on. That They're so well-rounded now that if you're not well-rounded, if you'd even only get JJ's wrestling is only 50% compared to fucking Zhang's 80% or 85%, it makes such a massive difference now. Here's a question um, for you. Is Wei Li Zhang the best all-round women's MMA fighter? No. Who is? Sheva. Think so? 100%. All-round? Sheva's better than some guys. There's, guy, there's, there's guys who... All-round been... like, all skill level. Like, yes. Sheva's striking is by far the best. Like She's she's legit elite level, like a kickboxing, but we just say her takedowns and her grappling is just as good as what Zhang's is. Hundred percent, million percent. Okay. Um, I think that submission record shows that she's got eight knockouts and seven submissions. No, no, I'm just asking. I'm just asking. Hundred percent. I, I, hundred percent. Like, don't get me wrong. Could Jan become that if she continues to develop and probably put more of these submissions together and put more of them in anything? I think hundred percent. Yes, you could get to that level. I think eventually we'll see that super fight. Because for me now. I think Shang will go on and fight Carla Esparza. She will win that title. And she will go on to dominate that division for the next couple of years. Because um, I think she's added that more. I know she's had a couple of submissions or a record previously. Or I think there was one in the UFC. I think most of them have been outside the UFC when she fought kind of in China and Japan and stuff like that. Um, but now she's got that wrestling base that obviously so does plenty of her game. There's no doubt that she could go on and dominate this division for me. Um, and now that power, that striking ability, that wrestling ability, as long as she can add some submissions in like she's done previously, I have no doubt that she will go on and dominate this division. And eventually, possible, we could see a fight between her and Sheva because I could, Zhang, I think, could carry the weight at 125 eventually, I think, 100%. So, yeah, um, 100%, totally agree. So, I, I definitely think. She'll go on and dominate. Um, I can't wait to fight at Sia Sparza because she was going to fucking ragdoll her if she was fucking going to be anything like that. She was on Saturday. I'd imagine that would be before the end of the year. I would think so. I would think they'd want to get it done as soon as possible. Um, yeah. I can't see them hanging about with that fight. Um, just can I get it? Sounds bad in Sparza, but get it done and get it out of the way, to be honest, because you know they loved when um, Zhang was champion in the first time around. They absolutely loved having an Asian UFC champion. Um so 100% know why I get that done and get it made the SAP. Yeah. I would like to know what the guy who fought Andre Fialho did with actual Jake Matthews because that guy wasn't Jake Matthews. So I want to know whoever the fuck that was, what that guy did with Jake Matthews. <sighs> Mate, it was literally, literally a different fighter. Literally, a, almost a completely different fighter. It was not. I think it was, but I think I heard him basically saying before the fight that he was going to try to be more aggressive and he was kind of going back to the old way he fought before aggressive? the he joined the. Fuck me, man. Ah, aggressive? He was... I mean, he, he fucking took Fiala's head off. 
So <laughs> on several good. occasions, the only reason Fialho never get finished into the second round is because if Fialho is tough, clearly he's tough and he's got a chin, because Matthews smashed him, mate. Like, I was, I honestly couldn't believe I was watching the same fight. I obviously reviewed this fight last week with, or sorry, previewed this fight with Lewis from Norton MMA, and I was like, did I review the right guy? Because I was like, that's just not Jake Matthews, mate. It was insane. That was class, but um, I don't think anyone's seen this coming in any way, shape, or form. I think Jake Matthews, he's not a bit of a name, but there's definitely a name there. People know who Jake Matthews is. And I think Fialho. Fialho. I am. was definitely kind of giving Jake Matthews a wee bit in a in respect of, yeah, have a wee bit of a name, go out and beat him, and let's move on because we think you're going to be a bit of a star coming up. And. Pfft, Jake Matthews went, oh, fuck that. You're not using my fucking name to fucking build your yeah. name up. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to fucking smash your head in. And he fucking done that. Absolute style, mate. It was absolutely sensational. Yeah. Fair um, play 100% of Jake Matthews, man. Brilliant. Jake, Jack Della Maddalena. Continuing his unbeaten streak to 12 wins. I can't believe this guy lost two and has won 12 in a row. That's amazing. One, he's lost his first two and has won... Uh, sorry. Has won 12 in a row. That's nuts. This was kind of weird because, it looked again, it looked a bit like a nothing punch. Um, sometimes liver punches do look like that, but it did look a bit like it was almost a nothing hit. Um, I didn't actually see the punch at first. I didn't have a no. clue what fucking happened. And all of a sudden, I went down, I went... It was the other angle. It was the angle from like the left hand side where you yeah. seen it because I didn't see it either. Even when the first replay, I was like, I still don't see it. And then obviously that that angle from the left hand side where you seen him, he, da- he jabbed him twice right in the same place. So the first ones obviously went, "Oh, you bastard!" I was the you tickling, and then he sat him again. He's went, "Oh no!" <laughs> you know. Um, I mean, to be fair, Jack Della Madeline totally nullified him. Of um, wrestling. Like I mean, that's the way you do it. You just keep you keep busy, you keep active, you keep you keep striking, you keep him at distance. Okay, Rams have M A have tried, couldn't get it, and Madalena folding him up. So, I mean, it's not a, a blueprint as to how to beat that style, but it's certainly the, the game. You know, if if you know a guy's going to come at your feet, you keep him as far away from you as you can, and if you get up close, you hit him in the body. I mean, I may have looked like a big, tall, kind of lanky, skinny thing of that way. It didn't look as if he was very big, so. Madalena, I think it also just doesn't have much there to protect his liver, so he's just taking a couple of shots and doing he went. But I thought Madalena looked good for the two and a half minutes we've seen him. Um, maybe it's time for a step up for him. Yeah, I thought he looked really good, mate. Um, I kind of, I weirdly forgot about him. Obviously, I've only really seen him once before against Pete Rodriguez, and I kind of forgot all about him. He's only started this year as well. Um, and I think we probably would ever give him the credit he deserved before the fight in the first place. Um, yeah. Been on the main card and stuff like that. Is obviously the UFC kind of want to push him, and when you fight like that, and hundred percent, I can see fucking why. You look at his record, as you say, he lost his first two, but since then, I think he's won every fight by stoppage apart from one, and that was his contender series fight. So this guy has fucking absolute power in the hands. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. um, I looks like a bit of a star going forward. So I'm looking forward to watching more of the Madalena. To be honest, man, I like to look at him. Anything else on this card? Particularly, want to talk about going hit me with all. This is our this is our new style. We we, we tennis the tennis match back and forward <laughs> ideas here. So come on, serve me one up. I thought Kalabau versus Choi was a great fight. Um, I've never seen a split decision for me anyway. It was a Kalabau every fucking day of the week. Mm. Um, definitely one of two rounds, but uh, it was a it was a tremendous little fight, and I thought he looked absolutely superb. Um. I honestly thought he was going to get me there at times. I'm surprised Choi fucking lasted, but um, maybe Choi's fucking a new zombie because fuck me, man, he can take a fucking shot at times. He always um, has. No, I know. But it was, uh, it was a fucking... It's a good fight, but for me, Killer Bowie looked fucking brilliant, to be honest. I really like him. Yeah. That was a good fight. Decent. I, mean, I, I gave it a good five out of ten. see a split, but anyhow. Um... Right, even I'm struggling with this name. Ma, Ma, Mahashit. Mahashati. 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 Um, wow. Like that was Star. just like a that was just like a pure doof right to the side of the head, and just Garcia just stopped working. Literally, just just stopped working. It was like 
uh, love knockouts like that man, just a standing absolute utter KO. Um, amazing. It was brilliant, mate. Even for the first minute, it was absolutely sensational, man. I took them all just sick and swinging for the hoosies at fucking things, but there's yeah. Machete just got that wee fucking, that wee six in fucking right hook, went to it, just fucking caught him perfectly, and it just, that was that, Steve Garcia, good night, son, go to bed. That <laughs> was class, man. Yeah. Anything else? No much, to be honest. Um, Kang versus Batgirl with a decent fight. Again, I'm not really sure. That was a kind of 50-50 toss up who won that, but yeah, apart from that, um, um, it was a total to bad night. Some good stuff, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was some really good stuff. It was some really good fights. I thought Kang, Dana was brilliant. Uh, as you say, Calibar was good. Obviously, you get the three main the three main fights. It was just class. Even the bonuses say that they gave out five performance bonuses, um, plus obviously a fight of the night as well. So like they were just throwing money at it. Um, so I mean. Yeah, it was class. I mean, performance tonight's Jang, Jake Matthews, M- Madalena, Mahashati, and uh, Juarez, who we never even mentioned, to be brutally honest. But um, yeah, it was it was it was a great night, mate, to be honest. It was an absolutely superb card. Probably one of the best of the year, and if you think about it, because we've not had I don't think we have many cards that have been fully brilliant that we've actually went after it. That was a fucking amazing card. We've had good fights and average fights on most cards, except for London. London was insane. But this is probably up there, you know, as one of the best cards of the year, I think. Yeah, well, between the prelims and the main card, you had four fights, three or four fights there were arguably a toss-up. You could have picked either way, which showed you how closely matched they were. And then with Mashati, Madalena, Matthews, Zhang, some sensational finishes, and then Prochaska just fucking doing something that you didn't fucking expect. It was a surprise. So, yeah, it was class, man. Um, I thought the crowd was a bit muted, but apart from that, man, I thought it was, it was a class wee night, apart from that. Yeah. Nice one. Uh, right, let's move on to this weekend and we'll look at UFC Fight Night Cater versus Josh Emmett from the Moody Centre in Austin, Texas, which is good. We get a crowd, which I think this fight deserves, if you ask me. I think this fight deserves to be in front of people, more people than normal. Um, like obviously at the apex, um, because this has got this has got banger written all over it. Mate, this is a fucking sensational fight. This is an absolute beauty of a fight. This is two guys who just want to go and leather the fuck out the other person he's fucking fighting. Um, right, it's it's sensational. Two guys who just stand there. If this hits the mat, the only way it's hitting the mat is because some cunt's been fucking. KO'd and somebody's hit the back with fucking Matt, honestly, mate. Um, this is going to be a sensational fight. It's going to be an absolute war. The two guys are not going to look the same as the fucking minute they ought to go in the first place. No. Um, the probably look as though they would fucking blow up heads or something like that, to be honest, because this should be absolutely sensational. If this is not a fight of the year contender, I will be extremely disappointed. Yeah. Thank um, I agree. Um, Don't even ask me to pick a winner because I fucking it's a toss up. It's literally a case of who's going to hit more, who more. I think Kater wins. Yeah, I K- think Kater wins probably as K- well. Kater wins for me. Kater wins for me. No, I agree. Class fight. Going to Brown. I would love it to go twenty five minutes. I would love there to be a first round knockout. I would love there to be a surprise. I, I want all of the things to happen that all can't happen at the one time. Do you know what I mean? I wanted it to go 20 minutes, but then I want somebody to get smashed and it's got the potential for somebody to get smashed. It's potential for them to both to be absolutely bright red at the end of it, covered in each other's blood. Um, I think there'll be a lot of mutual respect. I think there'll be a lot of kind of, at the end, there'll be a lot of cuddling and all that stuff. I think that, that these two guys are the same type. Lots of heart, lots of ability. Both can hit hard. I mean, we know Josh Emmett's got that. I still remember the Josh Emmett knocking out Michael Johnson thing as one of the most savage knockouts I've ever seen. Do you know what I mean? Like, absolutely crazy. Um, so, yeah, this, this fight could be, this fight could be amazing, mate. Obviously, it's always, there's always that kind of, that kind of thing it might not be, but I, I'd imagine this will be insane. Yeah, I, I would be extremely disappointed if it wasn't. Um, and it's arguably an eliminator as well for the featherweight title. Yeah. Arguably, yeah. Yeah. Um, there can't be much more. There can't be really anywhere else who would go on to fight whoever wins Green Vulcan or Green Holiday. So yeah, it's arguably a title eliminator as well. And if Kater can pick up that one, and then we can get that one, and if the fire, I'm still straight in a title shot for me. The only other person would be if if Yair beats Ortega, 
your ear might get a nod before care, but it just depends. That fight's not for a while yet, isn't it? Yeah, when is that? No, middle of July, so about once every. So it depends. I mean, if Ortega, I don't know, if Ortega beats the yeah, air, does Ortega another shot? Mm, possibly. You could oh, possibly yeah. make Ortega cater, possibly as well. Yeah, you could. Possibly whoever wins in the two fights, maybe you make that natural element up, who knows. Yeah. Um, but it's definitely got a lot of meaning with that nasty division anyway, 100%. Yeah. Interesting stat for you, right? You know, I like my stats. So, the average age of the six fighters in the top three fights is 36 years old. Nice. Only reason I did that is because Tim Meehan's, Donald Cerrone, Joe Lozon and Josh Emmett are all fucking ancient in terms of fight terms. I mean, Donald's 39, I think Lozon's 38, Emmett's 37, Tim Meehan's is 38. You know, they're all, the four of them are old boys. Caters, I think, 34, 35, and Kevin Holland's 29, right? But it just shows, like, all that experience. There's almost like a like a who's who of, you know, really experienced guy. Look at the fight numbers, mate. Cerrone's got 52, um, Lozon's got, oh, I can't even do that math that quick, what's that, 43? Um, Tim Meehan's has got 44. You know, it's crazy. Even Kevin Holland's got 29 fights. It's fucking crazy. Cater, you know, 28 fights. The experience in these top six guys is absolutely nuts, mate. It's ridiculous. If anything, right, if anything, if you're not a fan of certainly or Leo Lozon or me, I don't know how you couldn't be, these three fights should all be utterly outstanding because these six guys have been doing it so long and have done it so often that it's almost as if them fighting each other can't make a bad fight for me, almost. On paper, that is. Um, it's insane. 100%, mate. The three fights have got the absolute ability, but absolutely sensational. Um, I think as long as Cerrone, a decent Cerrone turns up, I know always the last couple of times it's... Last, you feel like you don't... last fight in it, so you'd think he would, you'd think he would um, think he'd step up and kind of show fans the old Cerrone before he signs off, you know? You think so? He's not. He's not won an MMA fight since May 2019. Yeah, I know. That's when the. That's when the the. What was it? He was using. He was using the old the, the dad thing on it. That's when that wore off quite swiftly. Yeah, that wore off kind of after that. So, um, uh, as long as Cowboy turns up, I think Joe's on. will fucking go for Eid for leather. I don't think that's any arguments about that. That will be a sensational fight as well, man. The two older guys, the old legends league as we've touched before and stuff like that, I think it'll be absolutely brilliant. Um, obviously, Tim means Kevin Holland. Tim means a wee bit of a run, actually, in his old fucking age, man. Um, he's doing a bit of fucking Glover Teixeira in his old days, fucking having a good few wins behind him and trying to push on. A win against Holland, you know, is no mean feat. You know what I mean? Like, um, I don't think Holland's ranked. I don't think, I think he was at one point, but he's not now, but... He was yeah. ranked in the middleweight, wasn't he, at one point? And then he went down to Wilder, didn't he? Yeah, it was either, I think so, like one of the two, like he was ranked somewhere. Um, so like obviously it's a bit of a, a bit of a fight for Tim Means, but I um, mean, honestly, it's just, it's a class, it's a class card. Um, and these, as these six guys have got potential to, to, you know, put on shows, to be honest. There is, mate, it's actually, it's actually a fucking ridiculously good card all yeah. the way down. I know, I haven't even started yet, mate, to be really honest with you. The fact, see the first three fights, if listed on topology, are correct, right? The first three fights on this card could easily be much higher up. Phil Hawes, Deron Wynn, Dawkins, 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 I mean, why that? If that's second on, that's nuts, man. That's I nuts. can't imagine that that lineup's correct, but it might not be far away. It's just nuts, mate. Um... As I say, from Danny Chavez, Ricardo Ramos, don't know much about them. Cody Stamen, Eddie Wineland's a class fight. Adrian Yanez versus Tony Kelly, man. Oh, my God. Like, these are fights just get you excited as an MMA fan, man. They're just, they're, they're going to be great. And I've not even mentioned Ismagulov and any of that, or Buckley. Just, I feel like there's names everywhere on this, mate. It's literally a class card. A big, long card, 14 fights is a big card. Um, but, yeah, this is, this is brilliant. Would you actually believe it? Roman Dalazzi versus Kyle Douglas is opening the pre-prees. It's the first fight? First fight, and then Phil Hawes dead on one. Eddie Wayland, Cody Stamey, mate. The first three fights are absolutely superb, hey, man. Those first, those first three fights shouldn't open any card ever because they're far too good to be opening a fight like that. It's, that's, 
that's the kind of fights you put on a pay-per-view to open a pay-per-view. That's okay, them opening a pay-per-view, but not just a fight night. You know I mean, that's nuts, man. That shows you the, the quality sometimes that come up in these these cards with UFC, man. It's absolutely crazy. No, it's brilliant, man. It's, it's some absolutely sensational match pressure. Um, there's some absolutely superb fights in there. Um, actually, I kind of wait with times a kick-off on Saturday. 4 p.m. Eastern, so I'll be 9 o'clock their time, on not So That's good. I um, should see most of it, hopefully, before before going to bed. Then mm-hmm. the wife's out, so I'm sitting there with a wee, a wee shandy, I think, on Saturday night watching that. Good, good. Well, I can't wait, man. I'm actually buzzing for it. That's really good. Um, it's been a while since I've actually like, been proper. I was buzzing for 275 right enough, but it's been a proper while since I've been buzzing for um, a fight night. But then again, we did look at the, the fight nights coming up and we talked about the main events. I just looked at was the, the following week. And the following week, Saruki and Versus Gamera, man, it's just nuts, man. I can't cope. So we've got like a few weeks of great, great MMA coming up. So I, I can't wait for this one. It'll be brilliant. No, I think we've said this last week. The main events between now and I think the end of July, start of August, are just every one of them is just absolutely sensational. So, Same. um, I so much UFC coming up. It's going to be absolutely brilliant, man. Alrighty, um. Do you have much news fight announcements? Was there anything this week? I don't really remember seeing very much, to be fair. No, it's pretty quiet. Um, probably the biggest news, and especially for us here in the UK, is that Leon Edwards versus Kamara Usman has been made official um, for UFC 278 in Salt Lake City. Mm-hmm. Um, so it has been made. I think that's the 20th of August. 20th of August, yep. Um, so... I think it was kind of pretty much set on that this fight was probably the fight that was going to happen within the weight of the division. Whether or not the UFC really wanted to make this fight um, as a different matter, but I think Leon's kind of forced her hand. He probably deserved that a couple of years back, to be honest, and he's just never fucking got into it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, I think we've, we've had two British fighters, or two English fighters probably, fight for UFC weight or weight goal before, and both of I've probably been in the fight too early and lost him. So um, I think Dan Hardy got it quite early on in his career and so did obviously Darren Tell as well. Yeah. So yeah. I, I guess fair to say that Edwards probably isn't too early on in his career. He's definitely fucking ready for this fight. Whether or not he's good enough to beat arguably the pound for pound. I say arguably the pound for pound. But the man who is pound for pound on the face of this planet yeah. is a different matter. Yeah, the only way I think the only way he wins is if Kamaru doesn't turn up. It's a bit like uh, uh, Nunez getting beat by Pena for me. I think that's because we all said fair enough to Pena, she did well, she won it. But we all, everybody said Nunez didn't turn up. I think that's the only way he wins. No offense, Leon Edwards, I love Leon Edwards. I think he's talented. He's shown how good he is. But I just think Usman's a level above everybody, mate. You could put you could put anybody in against Usman. I think he wins. So yeah, but it's class yeah. week. I think that's probably the problem for Edwards. It's not that he's not an outstanding fighter. It's the fact that he's fighting an even more outstanding fighter who has, since the first fight, actually went away and somehow gotten better. He's added that strike into his game now, and I think... um, Edwards Edwards went away and got better, but Kamaru's went away and got better than better. Do you know what I mean? So, Well, there's always one or two guys probably in the world that I suppose would tell you he could probably... I say challenge, but at least make it a fight with Kamara. Maybe Edwards is one of them. Let's hope so. Let's, let's hope so. Might be good to get a, a British UFC champion, I suppose. Uh. Yeah, it would be good, man. A um, couple of fight announcements. Um, in fact, we'll just go with one because I can't bother talking about that one because it's not all worth it. Um, Askar Oskarov is out of his fight with um, Padoja. Mm-hmm. Which was supposed to be the backup, basically, if if Kai Cara France or Brandon Moreno didn't make the title fight, basically yeah, whoever. Fight. Yeah, so Askar Askov, so that Alex Perez has been shifted to that fight to face Pantoja. Uh, Perez Pantoja. <laughs> that's a tremendous little fight, man. And you can imagine, imagine why Kai Cara France or Brandon Moreno fall out, and one of them has got to go in. And, I think it's just make them fight twice in one night, but I think you should let them fight for the position. <laughs> uh, right. the, the four of them fight each other, and then the two winners fight for the interim. Yeah, class. Uh, uh, well, you could do that, but I would just uh, at least fucking make Padoja and Perez fight first to find out who would fight the, the guy. Mm. Whoever's fighting. But um, I, 
Uh, that was Skag news as well. So a class fight, whether or not um, one of them goes and fights Kaikara fans, I think it'll be interesting. Um, the only other weird, 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 weird bit of news Michael Venom Page will be fighting oh, for bare knuckle against Mike Perry in London on August 20th. Yeah, so random. So random. Like, what did the actual fuck? Yeah, it's, like, it's crazy, man. And Scott Coker came out and was like, oh, he's got a blessing. We're really looking forward to watching him fighting that. And what that. He said, after your heed, man. I'm all for cross-promotion, but no a different fucking sport. Well, I think the way um, the way I heard that kind of thingied was apparently Paige did ask the question, look, would I be able to go fight in another sport? Basically make a few extra quid in the side type thing. But I think Bellator presumed it would be professional boxing. Mm-hmm. This is not professional boxing. This is hitting each other with your fucking bare knuckles. This is fucking... Yeah. It's, not, it's not good, man. Listen, we know our opinions on bare knuckle. Um, listen, fair play on for Dana. It's up to him. It's his face. Um, I can't see... I can't see Mike Perry getting anywhere near Venom Page, to be honest, but hell, you never know. No, I, I can't see him even fucking be able to breathe on Michael Venom Page, if I'm honest. Um, yeah. I think there's no uh, fucking... He should have been fighting a lightweight at one point, and I mean fucking fighting a middleweight against fucking a guy who is a fucking middleweight, do you know what I mean? So, I know. Um, I forgot about one more. <laughs> Fuck's sake, right. I know it was rumoured, but Cruz versus Vera has been made for August 13th. That's a good fight. It's a crack fight, mate. Um, Brilliant fight. Oh, August 13th, did you say? Yeah, August 13th. So, can't remember what else is on that night, but um, aye, that'll be, that'll be an absolute beauty. I think I'm looking forward to that. That'll be class. Alrighty. Thanks for that, mate. You're more than welcome, my man. So thank you. That's us for this week, guys. Thank you so much for listening. We do appreciate it. Um, get us on the socials at Inside Cage MMA, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And as always, if you listen on Spotify, please give us a wee rating. Um, it would be very good for. We need so many people to leave ratings before it come actually shows up um, on our Spotify. So if you could, that would be great. Yeah. Thanks so much. Um, have a good week, and we'll catch you next time.